Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Does he take forever to call you back and respond to your request? Are you paying him good money to keep things working, but there are still constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues? Are you worried he's not backing up and securing your network? And does your head hurt from having all these issues to deal with? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital at 843-664-8989. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage Digital will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time, and it's for one low monthly fee. This is a turnkey solution, folks. And with clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So if you're sick and tired of the constant computer and network issues, call Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and all and forever. 843-664-8989, heritagedigital.com. Inside the Game Guys podcast, Wednesday, November 17th. Happy hump day, everyone out there. Uh, Good to be with you today. Always thankful to Heritage Digital for sponsoring the news and notes segment of the podcast, which is Initially, uh, not a lot of, I guess, news and notes. DeAndre Martin, who is a Virginia Tech defensive line commit, uh, doing some recruiting uh, news here, probably is going to be on campus this weekend, uh, probably on flip watch. Not ready to say it's flip warning yet. You know how you have hurricane tornado watches and warnings. Uh, we're going to say watch, I, I, you know, I think it was really close between the Hokies and South Carolina to begin with, uh, somewhat surprised he went with Virginia tech, but he is a Virginia kid. Uh, initially, I think he goes to like a private school in North Carolina, but uh big athletic guy he used to be a receiver. Uh, certainly a player. The Gamecocks won't, uh, would add to an already what I think in my opinion, uh, athletic group of potential interior defensive linemen, uh, Jimmy Lindsay, Clayton White, the defensive staff have put together in this class, you know, some guys like Felix Hickson, uh, you know, I don't know why he is a uh, still a three-star, but, uh, you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows what goes into these things? Um, I know that uh, Florida State is going to flip a Georgia UGA defensive line commit today from South Georgia, who's good, excellent feet and all that. I don't think he's as good as Felix Hickson, though. Um, so sometimes when you dig in, I mean, he's like a 96 in the composite. So if you, sometimes when you dig in and you kind of look at some of these guys, you know, it's, uh, splitting hairs, apples to apples. When you do that, you know, you sometimes see something differently, but anyway, uh, I, I do think that this is a, a group of, of young defensive linemen in 2022, they can help Carolina some sooner than others. Obviously, it's a developmental type spot. But yeah, Taka Hemingway coming back. You got Boogie Huntley coming back. Zach Pickens is eligible to come back. Uh, Jabari Ellis is done, but uh, you know you've got Rick Sandage coming back. So you know I don't know that they're going to need many of these guys to step in next season and play. Uh, Nick Barrett is a young guy on the roster they really like out of this last class. 
Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see ultimately what happens. So that's good. Also, uh, for those of you that are kind of local to Columbia, you follow high school football, you know the name Xavier Short, uh, player at Chapin, 6'2", 215, 4'5", in the 40, committed to App State, 40-inch vertical. Looks like the Gamecocks are, are back trying to get a little bit involved with him. Um, not a huge surprise after they lost Oscar Delp to Georgia that they would go in this direction. He, he's more of an H-back type. And, you know, if this were before the season, when I thought, based on comments and things like that, that they, there was going to be some H-back type use, uh, you know, not sure now. <laughs> not sure now how you you plug this, you know, where you exactly plug him in with the current scheme or if the current scheme is even going to be in place next season. So we will see how that evolves. I'll, I will say this. Short's the type of guy that kind of in your gut you look at, you know, here's a kid right down the road. He's big. He's fast. He's athletic. Um, he's going to keep growing. Maybe. Hard to predict that, right? Because you're kind of predicting Mother Nature there. But he could keep growing and uh, end up being a guy that we all look back at. And this happens at South Carolina, you know, with, with players from South Carolina. Sometimes they leave the state and uh, uh, whatever staff passes on them and they go someplace else. And you're kind of wondering, you know, where the hell did that guy come from? You know, uh, and sometimes it's about, you know, sometimes there are valid reasons for that. Like in the case of Zion Nelson at Miami from Sumter, of course, probably this year, as bad as the offensive tackle play has been, probably could have used him, right? Probably not when he was a freshman starting out there and struggling. But, you know, Nelson, a lot of people think he's going to be drafted. He's 235 pounds. So that's quite a projection if you're Eric Wolford uh, to be making. And so, you know, you don't know. I don't know what would have happened with him one way or the other. But that's uh, that's kind of where things stand on the recruiting trail right now. So some activity. It's going to probably it's going to definitely heat up uh, after the next two weeks once this regular season or season in general is completed. If you don't win one of these next two, that's probably it for 2021. But uh, you know, uh, you're going to start seeing some more, more and more names. Uh, and of course, all eyes are on Antonio Williams. Um, you got, uh, you know, you got um, one of those things where it's uh, if Clemson does not offer, you know, you, you kind of feel good about the Gamecocks' chances. If they do, I don't know that you do. Uh, Clemson's waiting on a receiver, Andre Green from Virginia, to make a decision. And then there's some question as to whether or not they even go on him. So I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing up there at wide receiver. I, you know, when I look at Clemson this year, I would think Antonio Williams would be a guy I would not only have already taken, I would prioritize, but maybe, you know, Dabo says he's going to get in the portal. Maybe they're looking and thinking, Hey, you know, we can, we can go get a guy from the portal from that's transferring because we're Clemson. And, you know, we obviously throw the ball and have a track record of that. And, we won't have to worry about depending on a freshman uh, because there is a need, I think, at slot receiver up there. When that's kind of what Antonio is, but uh, we'll see sort of what happens there. Uh, Gamecocks continue to work. Jalen Sneed, another highly rated in-state guy. And, you know, in-state guys are where it's at, man. You know, right now, you know, with the way things are going, uh, you know, you, you you can make things 
a lot easier on yourself by, you know, landing your share of the top in-state talent. You know, the top guys in South Carolina are just as good as the top guys everywhere else. I mean, you, you look at it through the years, and, you know, it's sort of proven that way. And I don't know how realistic it is, you know, for South Carolina to go beat Georgia on Oscar Delp or, you know, what we'll see what happens with the coaching situation at Florida. But, you know, Jaden Gibson, Jamari Lyons, I mean, those guys probably – if they were from South Carolina, would it would have been Gamecocks? But um, you know, proximity and stuff like that—that that still matters. And you know, then there's the portal. There's JUCO guy. I mean, there's a lot of different things going on. But uh, Antonio Williams, Jalen Sneed, Xavier Short—all those guys. Circle them. They're important. Especially, I mean, they have to offer Xavier first. But I, I think it's important uh, to get in-state players in the University of South Carolina, and that's sort of been proven. So that's some news. Kickoff, 7 p.m. ESPN, Auburn coming to town. I think the Tigers are a seven-point favorite. I know everybody's kind of down in the dumps about losing to Missouri, and rightfully so. But you got two important games and two games that the Gamecocks can uh, possibly win. You know, it's not – you know, Auburn's not coming in here undefeated and in the top five, neither is Clemson. Uh, but the Gamecocks have to play better, and obviously – you know, whatever the debacle was on offense at Missouri needs to get fixed. And I, I you know, <laughs> seems to me that common sense eludes whatever the plan is on offense this year. You know, common sense says we finally put it together. We we're able to run the ball. There's really no reason why this team hasn't been able to run the ball. We're playing a bad run defense. They're probably going to stack the box, but, you know, we can back them off with some quick passes and, all that with uh, Jason Brown, you know, working out of the shotgun or whatever. And then instead, it's like the grab bag of plays again. Um, and some of the plays they ran are the same plays. Uh, but, you know, after doing some investigating, and, you know, this is not me looking at the film again. Again, this is not me looking at the film and saying, oh, I'm this expert genius football guy. And here's what they're doing wrong. You know, this is me checking with people that would know. Uh, It was another week of let's reinvent the wheel before the Missouri game and let's put in some – not put in because a lot of this is already installed, but let's emphasize some other stuff. Uh, And, and look, I'm going to say this. If if you have the ability in college football uh, for your players to go out and look, at least look, you know, like a different offense every week and you can confuse everybody every week because they don't know what's coming and all that good stuff. And you give everybody a bunch of to prepare for great, super man. If you have that ability, great, but you have to have guys that are just, just second nature learners. Uh, again, there's motivation that you don't have to do in the NFL that you do in college. There's only 17 hours in the week. Uh, that kind of thing. That's why the good teams on offense, they they have some window dressing that makes things different, that isn't complicated for the kids to learn, but they don't try to go in, tear it up, tear it all down, rebuild. I mean, they build on what they have. And that had happened. I mean, I'll be honest, this past off, see, off week, it did not. It was almost like, you know, okay, well, you know, Brown's a big hero. The run game's a big hero, but we're going to show – you know, we're going to go back and revert to, you know, reinventing the wheel every week. And that obviously has not worked at South Carolina this whole year. 
It causes mass confusion. It causes the offensive line to not even know what look like they know what they're doing. And, and look, I'm not excusing some of the plays, especially like a tackle, you know, especially like turning time. You know, some of that's on him. I mean, you know, he you, you got to just not, I mean, you got to make a block, man. You're six, seven, 330 pounds. But a lot of it was, you know, and, and I think South Carolina, the more I dig into it, and then, then you pick up little clips here and there, the more I'm convinced that what they're trying to do pre-snap is just ridiculous. 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 Uh, when this offense is at its, you know, like like it was every other game but Florida. You know, you can't sit there and, you know, have all this stuff you try to do pre-snap. I mean, it, it's better just to go fast and call it and haul it, you know, especially with Jason Brown. That's his game. His game is not the NFL game. And you're not really going to find a quarterback that can do that. I mean, you're not. I mean, you know, maybe you get Joe Burrow, you know, and, and luck out with the transfer portal guy, you know, but college offenses are the way they are for a reason. And that is, that's a big issue, you know, and, and that's, that's what gives me less faith is, is that, you know, Hey, look, you get to Florida and there's light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, well, maybe, you know, lessons have been learned and then no, it, it reverts back. And I, I just, you know, I'm done with it. I just, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I, if they get a good game on offense against Auburn, you know, we're, I'd worry about the Clemson game, you know, uh, that that's just the bottom line. Um, so we'll see kind of what happens uh, moving forward. You know, one more thing about the offense, uh, but I will say, I, you know, Juju McDowell didn't get any, any run. Uh, I would think, and again, I'm not a coach, but I would think, and this is just my opinion, you know, they have all these little outside plays on the perimeter that they have, and they ended up finally throwing it to White. It was a beautiful play. I mean, the guy was wide open. Um, 38-yard touchdown, you know, those ends are crashing. What, the little swing pass? I mean, that's that's pretty, you know, standard. We remember – I'm not even going to bring up Steve Spurrier. I'm, there's been other coaches that – you know, you crash those ends, and then they're pulling it with the quarterback. I mean, they, there there was really nothing. It seemed, you know, the answer seemed to me to be like, well, let's just max protect, or or let's. I mean, and look, let's just college. I mean, you know, you're you're just. I don't know, guys. I just don't know. I don't know. All right, so uh, that's the news and notes. The game got basketball coming up. Tomorrow night, UAB coming to town. They're supposed to be pretty good. Andy Kennedy, we all know who he is. Uh, the Blazers and Western Kentucky and some other schools, I mean, and Conference USA are supposed to be, you know, sort of the better team. So I think it's another chance to get Carolina a win, a good win that could help the resume. Uh, it, it's kind of sad because I think, you know <laughs> – Fans overreacting about a loss in basketball. I think probably the reasons because football's struggling, and you know, I think there's because of the recent history of basketball, men's basketball. People are going to panic every time there's a non-conference loss to a a team that's not like a a big name. I guess. Well, Princeton's a pretty big name in basketball. I think they've got a good basketball team. Gamecocks did lose it, probably shouldn't have, was disappointing that they did, but uh, 
you know, basketball is not an undefeated sport, folks. I mean, you know, you're almost better off. I mean, look, I'll, I'll use the women as an example. Uh, if you're a Gamecock women's basketball fan, I think it's, you know, probably in your best interest before you get an NCAA tournament to lose one game or two, you know, just so it, it gets harder and harder and harder to go undefeated in basketball the, the, the long, longer you go. I mean, because some nights the shots just aren't going to fall. So, you know, I, I do think it's a little unfortunate that, you know, some fans are out there talking about who Frank <laughs> needs to replace Frank after three games. I mean, come on, man. I mean, this is, you know, like, like look, if they'd have lost to Western Kentucky, who's a good basketball team, uh, I'd say, yeah, well, there's there's issues again. You know, I mean, you, you start sitting there going, well, you know, they're not going to be – maybe they don't have a chance, I guess was the best uh, – is the best way to put it, but they rebound. They won the second game in Asheville. That's could end up being a quality win, you know, and, and, and we'll see what happens. You know, you got some games coming up that are probably going to determine what the non-conference looks like Georgetown, Florida state, UAB, Ryder, Wofford, you know, those schools. And, uh, you know, you get through those and, Maybe you lose to Florida State, beat Georgetown, beat Wofford. I mean, you know, beat Coastal on the road. It's, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a season that uh, ends up. You know, all right. I'll just say you have a chance then. So I, I, I don't understand this angst and and all that right now, because um, it's not last year anymore. I mean, that this team has more pieces. It's not a COVID year, but you know. Uh, Look, it's the bottom line. Just chill out. Give them a shot. You know, UAB, Wofford, Ryder, all coming up, all winnable. Win those. You get to five and one going to Coastal. Uh, depending on how good they end up being this year, that could be a good road win. Then you got Georgetown and FSU. So, you know, there's a chance to set yourself up for success here. But, um, you know, there's just a lot of angst and consternation. But, I, you know, look, and, and I don't mind people – the fan base right now uh, is upset and I get it and I get it. You're upset because the win over Florida was big. It was kind of a, a relief, you know, kind of made you feel like, Hey, th- this team, this football team could turn a corner. Uh, and then all of a sudden, boom, another loss to Missouri, which was really not, it was really inexcusable to go out and lose that game. Really inexcusable. And after digging into the offense, sort of how the game plan came together or whatever, it's even more inexcusable uh, to me, in my opinion. All right, analysis segment coming up, and it's uh, brought to you by Cindy Searfoss, realtor, Colwell Banker, Kane, my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, 864-414-5271. She's married to a diehard Gamecock fan. She's the sponsor of Prediction Thursday slash Friday during football season. And now uh, she's on board with sponsoring the analysis segment of the Inside the Gamecock podcast each and every episode. Again, upstate over 35 years. The real estate market's crazy right now, folks. Uh, You need Cindy on your team, 864-414-5271 or ccearfoss at cbcane.com. That's C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane, C-B-C-A-I-N-E.com. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Spartanburg County, Greenville County, Cherokee County, Union, uh, you know, Oconee, Pickens, Greenville, you name it. You know, if you're in the upstate, Cindy can help you. So please give her a call, 
shoot her a text, 864-414-5271. A proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast analysis segment. Okay, so what am I talking about today? Because I have JB and Goldwater coming up. We got a JC and Morgan we're doing later. A lot of uh, a lot of busyness here on a Wednesday at South Carolina. I mean, I'm sorry, at South Carolina I'm, I'm with JC Sherbert and <laughs> Inside the Game Guys podcast. Um, so you're going to run up against that here soon. It's going to be kind of a brisk episode, I guess you will. We've been we've had something about an hour and twenty lately, but this is going to be more like the fifty minute. All right. So what's important and what's not important? All right, and and there's probably some questions in the mailbag about this. Uh, I want to just say, you know, it, 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 fans tend to, and I and I'm with you. Fans tend to start to trash everything when things in general aren't going well. It's a very bottom line type of deal, like. You know, you win that. Let's say Carolina had come back and gotten a stop late and won the game at Missouri. You know, then I think people are like, oh, well, you know, the offensive game plan sucked, but defense got them back, saved the day. They won. Let's just go try to fix the mistakes and, uh, you know, get ready for Auburn. But because they lost and because of the fashion they lost it, look, man, it, it was it's a three point game, but it wasn't like it was back and forth and, you know, Missouri kicked the field goal at the end and won. It was um, it was over, almost over, right? And then um, Gamecocks got some turnovers. They're calling card on defense, which is good. Uh, the defense did not play well overall, and they haven't really on the road all season with the exception of East Carolina. So in the league – you know, this this defense has played better at home than on the road. And that that's sort of a positive thing. Clayton White, Broyles Award candidate and deserving. And so, it, it, you know, it, it's one of those things where defense got it back in. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't a loss where you just go, man, oh, man, you know, Gamecocks could have had it. I mean, they could have at the end, but didn't get a stop. And, you know, too little, too late. You know, maybe if – they don't have the big uh, strip and touchdown. You know, that's different. But uh, it wasn't, and the Gamecocks lost the game, you know, and, and it was not a game to feel good about in any stretch, any stretch. So, you know, uh, but but you still see what's important and what's not. So, so I'm going to go, like, back and forth. I'm going to say this is important. This is not important, Okay. And, uh, you know, you guys may disagree with me, maybe not, but, uh, all right. So important, not important, uh, important. The offense is struggling. That's, that's a given. The offense needs to be fixed. That's a given. The offensive coordinator needs to be fixed. That's a given, not important. And I'm not talking about that star ratings don't matter here. I'm not, I'm not making that point. Uh, because I, I do think that over time, gradually, when you look at the big picture, you need more four- and five-star guys. It's just how it is to get to where you want to go. That's the bottom line. Uh, but what, what's not important and what I, what I find happening is every time there's a guy that's not a four- or five-star guy, we, we, we have a situation where people, you know, bash the staff and 
bash the recruit. I don't think that's cool. Um, important right now is the impact on recruiting the offense is having, especially with skill positions. That's a legit concern, but I would narrow it to the skill spots right now. And, and, and then again, I'd say again that, uh, you know, it's, it's not universal. Uh, fans, you know, I, I do think what you need to hope for is a better offense and for the offense to get fixed. And I do think that it's naive to say it's not hurting some in recruiting. But uh, I also think that the other positions that they're recruiting are fine. I think recruiting is going fine. Um, not important. Beamer and Satterfield pressers. And I understand the frustration. Uh, but you know what you guys should do? Just tune them out. Tune them out. Because, uh, you know, it, it's the same old, same old. But it's not important. It doesn't impact wins, losses, and, and all that. Uh, what's important? There's a lot of negativity around the program right now. That does impact recruiting not only for 2022, but 2023 while you're trying to lay a foundation right now. A lot of good in-state talent 2023. The negativity from the fan base, the the, the uh, protesters who don't show up for, for the games, you know, the lack of crowd, that that's important. That needs to be fixed. And, you know, you guys as fans can't really fix it besides merely showing up, and I know most of you do. There's a lot of negativity, and that's important. Um, not important. Beamer staying at Oklahoma to coach in the Big 12 championship game. You have people out there that act like this is a huge deal, that that put them behind so much. That It's really a non-issue, folks. There wasn't a single coach he could have gotten that he didn't get because he was at Oklahoma. Uh, and, and to make matters worse, there are people that say he stayed for a meaningless bowl. That would have been the Cotton Bowl. He wasn't there. It was the Big 12 championship game. So it wasn't a meaningless uh, stay. And it didn't matter. It really, really, of all the things that have negatively impacted the program over the last five years, Shane Beamer uh, sticking it out and coaching in the Big 12 championship game at Oklahoma really had no negative impact on the program at all. In fact, you know, talking about uh, Beamer taking the South Carolina job on the broadcast is probably good publicity rather than him sitting by himself in the long operations building on Zoom. Uh, wins and losses are important. The Gamecocks are five and five. It hasn't been pretty how they've gotten to five and five, but five and five is five and five. It should be better. And so whether you're negative or positive about it, you know, you uh, – you, uh, you know, that's important. So focus on that. 2021 recruiting rankings. The Gamecocks were 80th. Everybody I, I see over and over, it was a poor class last year. It really wasn't. And, and I've explained this over and over. With the number of portal guys, and there's a lot of good portal guys that are going to help this program and that already are helping this program that didn't even count. Uh, and then the fact they're all sort of you know, slotted in there to different. I mean, th this is not like one of those things where this class is going to come back and bite the Gamecocks in the butt uh, at some point, even if there are a lot of misses. But there's some players. There's some players uh, in this class. And then 2022 gets back to kind of your normal South Carolina class. Then 2023, a lot of good in-state guys, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what is important player development? You can look across the the, the spectrum, uh, offense and defense, 
Josh Van on offense, Trey Kenyon on offense, Rashawn Lee to a certain extent on offense, maybe a little Luke Doty before he was out for the year. There are very few guys offensively that are, um, you know, that have made leaps and bounds. I think the receivers as a whole have improved. I think the tight ends as a whole uh, have improved. Um, offensive line, obviously, there's a lot of regression. And obviously, at running back, you know, those guys don't have room to run, whatever. Uh, what's not important is what Billy Napier is doing at Louisiana. Uh, look, man, I- I'll tell you this right now. Uh, he was going to, if he went back to Louisiana with that team he had coming back, win a lot of games. You know, that's over and done done with. And I like Billy Napier and wish him the best. Uh, what is important? Personnel use on offense. Just mentioned Juju McDowell. Why not get him to the outside? That, that's an important deal. You know, is that's not right. Um, so, you know, people need to kind of figure that out, by the way. Thanks to uh, congrats to Devontae Holloman, head coach at South Point Region 34A, coach of the year. News just came across. Uh, what's not important uh, is Auburn and Clemson and uh, the fact that their names are Auburn and Clemson, <laughs> two teams that are rubbed the Gamecocks' nose in it. Uh, you know, I, th- I think there's an innate amount of fear after losing to a team like Missouri to where it's like, ah, oh, you can't match up. I think the game guys, as long as the deep Carolina's defense plays well, like it did at home, I think I think if you really look at it, they can match up, and we'll get into all that with Auburn here pretty soon. But I'll tell you, this, Auburn hadn't been happy with their offensive line at all, uh, and now Bo Nix, who could run around and do some things, is out. And I know people are afraid of T.J. Finley because of what he did at LSU last year, and he's an accurate passer, and afraid of Mike Bobo. But I, I just, you know. I don't I don't understand this notion of conceding a game uh, before it happens. So there's that. All right, we're going to get to the mailbag pretty quickly here because I got to get on JB and Goldwater. As always, the uh, mailbag is sponsored by iHealth Consulting, and iHealth Consulting can help your business save a bunch of money. Um, and if you are a business owner, you obviously want to do that. And they're a Gamecock owned and operated company whose mission is to help businesses save money on expenses. Save one fifty thousand dollars. You may be paying too much credit card processing, internet insurance, whatever. Fifty grand significant, and you need to call Daniel 843-372-5713. I help consulting. How can I help you? Call him or text him. Free consultation. And if he can't save you money, he's just going to say, "Look, man, you're you're doing about right right now. You don't owe him a dime, uh, and then you're not going to pay him more than you save. He only gets a percentage out of your first year's savings, and that's it. So you get to enjoy that for the year on, and." Uh, and that's it. It's a real simple transaction. Uh, and uh, I help consulting definitely can help you. They're also a sponsor of JB and Goldwater. And we certainly appreciate that. All right. Two ways to get in on the mailbag. I help consulting mailbag. First is uh, at the Big Spur Pod. You can tweet. This comes in from Greg's tweeterer. JC thoughts on Frank Ponce or Kevin Johns as OCs. I look at the offensive stat line at App State and Memphis. They both seem to have a nice blend of run and pass. Ponce may bring a South Florida pipeline. Uh, Sats O is more offensive, but not the good kind. Uh, Like both of those guys, 
do think there'll be some more recognizable names in the mix if it comes to it. Anything can happen. I mean, you turn around, all of a sudden the game guys have a miracle on offense the last two weeks of the year and win them. You know, at that point, I think it's a uh, it calls into question whether or not a change should be made. You guys know I'm on team change. Uh, I'm on team fix it though. I mean, but I just don't have any kind of like faith that it's going to. I had a little faith after Florida. I'm like, well, you know, you get back to what you do, the basics, and hopefully, I use the pizza analogy. Hopefully, you know, he's got this right. And then it just obviously wasn't right. I mean, I, you know, there wasn't even an attempt, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry. I just don't think that the way you win in college football is to reinvent the wheel every week and try to trick people. Uh, because, you know, there are good players all, all over the SEC, and you've got to get your good on their good and, and your good in position to make plays. Uh, it's not really about the play calling. Play calling should only be like something that we talk about when it gives you a benefit. You know what I'm saying? It should not always ride on calling the ball plays. We've seen so much bad play calling around here. It's unbelievable. Uh, and it's not necessarily just the calls. Uh, it's the setup and the pre-snap stuff and how it's being taught and, and everything about it. I mean, look, you're playing the SEC, you're South Carolina. This is a limited offense in terms of skill talent. There's not five wide receivers running 4-4. There's been a revolving door at quarterback. Um, and I understand that. But when you when you find your quarterback, when you find a guy that can go out and, and, and Jason Brown – you know, yeah, he didn't play all that well, but he wasn't set up to play well against Missouri. You know, the, the setup, the whole setup for that thing stunk to high heavens. Um, you know, you, you expect, okay, well, this is his first start. Here's what he did. Here's what he could do. Let's let's keep let's keep that base and build on it. Instead, it was like let's throw the baby out with the bathwater and let's let's do all this other crap. And it's crap. It's it's just there's just too much crap with the Gamecocks offense right now. Um, so thanks, Greg. You can also get in the mailbag by emailing inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. I'll try to get to all of them here in the next six minutes. He says, Chavis says, obviously coaching is equal must champ levels on offense right now. Why are we waiting till the end of the season to make a change on O? First signing age just weeks after the season. And don't we risk losing offensive recruits with this OC in place? Or recently terminated. No, that's that's that would be in the not important area. I mean, you, you can make a change all you want, but you're not going to. I mean, anybody you're going to hire is all, still coaching, so you're not going to have a solution uh, anyway. It's it's probably best to just keep everything intact. And, and in recruiting, you'd be surprised. You know, we're all sitting here going, "There needs to be a change. There needs to be a change." Uh, I agree that you know some skill position guys. Uh, I do think that's a legit thing that they're kind of like, I don't know if I want to play in that offense or whatever. Um, but it's not going to miraculously change if you fire a guy with two games to go. It's just, that's just unrealistic. Um, the time to have done it would have been over the open date or earlier in the year uh, to see if there was an option. Uh, was Satterfield the only option? Because most coaches expect Shane not to succeed. No, that's another myth. Uh, does Shane have enough rep to hire a top-notch offensive coordinator? Thanks, JC, and love the show. Yeah, let me just explain this to you. 
SEC coordinator jobs are jobs that most coaches like and want and covet. Uh, and I'll give you an example. Uh, Longo at North Carolina, his his offense has been putting up big numbers with Sam Howell and all that, one of the more respected OCs in the country. He makes the same as Satterfield. So the money, when you're an assistant coach, the money, and then you, you get two or three years guaranteed, you know, you're not going to turn down, uh, you know, 2.7 million that could change the trajectory of not only your family, but your heirs, you know, for life, uh, just because, oh, Shane Beamer doesn't have the rep. Now, you know, I, I don't know what people's expectations are if there is a change that's made, but, you know, Shane's not going to go higher or be able to get, um, you know, the the sitting offensive coordinator at, at wherever. Name your Power Five program that's killing it, uh, you know, in the SR, like Jeff Levy at, at Ole Miss. Probably not going to get him. You know, he's, a, he's an OC at Ole Miss right now in the SEC under Lane Kiffin. You know, away they go. Uh, you're probably not going to get him. But there are so many guys, like like I mentioned Clayton White. You know, Clayton White's a D.C. at Western Kentucky. He, you know, the money he's making now is life-changing. Guaranteed contract. You know, that's the type of guy you're looking at if a change is made. Uh, now, there's some guys – on that level, group of five, even FCS, that are very competent. Um, and, and I think that's what you're looking for if you're Shane Beamer, if you make a move. You're, you're looking to, to go to make sure that you have a college offense and not an offense that, you know, is, is this ridiculous and complex. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. Noah says Saturday's game is a big disappointment, but at least we're not Texas. My question is, with Virginia Tech firing Fuente, does Carolina have a chance of flipping any of their commits? Uh, like I mentioned, DeAndre Martin, they're going to make a run at Raymond Brown. Uh, the running back, who knows if that will happen. But, yeah, I'd keep an eye on their commit list. Any other changes that are made with teams that the Gamecocks have lost recruits to, keep an eye on that as well. Jeremy says, J.C. is unrelated to USC, but I was wondering how the coaching candidate situation works at schools. Do the candidates have to put in an official application or do schools reach out and find out if there's interest in the jobs and begin the process? Um, it's really a lot done through representation and agents. There's not, it's not like applying for a normal job. Uh, I think some places from an HR standpoint, a coach will fill out an application, <laughs> but that's really a formality. It's all done through reps and agents. And, you know, the, the talk primarily comes from that for, in that in that segment, in that area, okay? Because you want plausible deniability. You want to be able to say if you stay at a school and you don't get a job that you are, uh, I never talked to anybody there. Yeah, but your agent did, that kind of thing. Uh. Listen, uh, all right, Jeff, I get, I get, uh, this is a long one. I am going to uh, mark this as unread, and I'll do that when I get off here because I want to address all of your points, and I am out of time because of JB and Goldwater because it's Wednesday. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Inside the Gamecocks podcast Wednesday. It's a wonderful Wednesday. <laughs> Better days hopefully are ahead. Uh, I appreciate all your points. Appreciate I help consulting Heritage Digital and Cindy Searfoss 
for sponsoring this podcast. Please listen to me. If you don't, you're not going to listen to this before today's JB and Goldwater, but you can get it on podcast form. Uh, we'll be back with predictions later this week. More stuff. I'll answer Jeffrey's question here from the mailbag and keep them coming. JC Sherbert signing off. Everyone have a wonderful day.